0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren of Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Today I want to share with you, I was just thinking about some things that are, I believe, in the next season coming up, and it's a good time to be thinking about that. You know, we're supposed to be a prophetic people. We're supposed to be sensitive to God. We're supposed to have a level of uh, perception and clarity about what's going on in the world that comes from our relationship with the Lord. Does it mean that we automatically know everything. Um, even when we seek the Lord, uh, He doesn't tell us everything like that. But what we're supposed to do is have a relationship with God, have God's perspective, and God inspires us about the future. He shows us things to come. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us things to come. So that's that's part of who we're supposed to be. And as, as we walk with the Lord, that's just that just happens as we're staying in fellowship with Him. Anyway, um, there are a few things that I, I just want to encourage you with at, this, at the end of the year. First of all, i look to our audience this morning. I'd like to encourage you to stay encouraged no matter what happens this year. Don't let yourself be distracted from God's call on your life. Don't be distracted from the main pursuit, which is pursuing Him. Don't get weary in following after the Lord. Uh, keep Keep steadfast. 2 Peter 3.17 says, be on guard, be on guard, watch out, so that you won't be carried away from the error of the lawless ones and fall or slip away from your own steadfastness. You see, steadfastness is so important in life and in the Christian life. I've mentioned this many times, but one of the greatest keys to living as a Christian is a steadfast life. A consistent life where your prayer life is consistent. Your devotional life is consistent. Your decision to connect with God and honor Him in all you do. uh, Your decision to be consistent in your finances. Everything everything has to do with consistency. One of the greatest reasons I've seen people fall away from the Lord isn't uh, necessarily because they want to sin. Sometimes it's simply because they're not steadfast. They're not consistent. They're not disciplined. They sleep when they should be praying or, or going to church or they have other things always to do. So it's very important that you up your level of consistency, never go back up your level of being steadfast in the Lord, never go backwards. We should always be increasing in our commitment to God and and our devotion. And I just mentioned here that there's a there's a continual process of, of going backwards if you don't give effort to go forward. I heard a minister say one time, you know, he was asked, does he believe in evolution? And he said, yes, God made man perfect. And we've been evolving down ever since. And there's something true about that. See, we have to to give effort to rise above all the stuff that's happening and to stay in a place of faith and fervency where we're not losing our fire, where we're hearing from God and we're keeping God's perspective. So don't get distracted. In this age, don't get distracted. There are there are a couple of other words along with that. I, I would encourage you to not get polluted by the attitudes that are out there. I've been sharing about this recently. There's so many wrong attitudes floating around. I mean, if, you, if you're going to get on social media, you know, you, it's like a war zone out there. You know, so much junk and hatred, and people are so upset. I'd say most of the people on there don't know what they're talking about. You know, and if you you watch the news, you sure don't know what you're talking about. You know it's like you know what you just have to you just have to rise above it pray and ask god for wisdom and ask god to direct you but don't get stuck in the wrong attitudes that are out there in this world and don't be discouraged by the doubt you know where you find doubt a whole lot is actually in the church you know some of the people in the church can be the most doubting mealy mouth saying saying things that are coming out negatively and we we can't give in to that. In fact, I just want to encourage you, be, a, be someone that's speaking positively into others. You know, you're going to make it. You've got to trust the Lord. God said he's going to help you through all things. We're more than overcomers through whatever this world throws at us because of the love of God and the care of God and God's hand that's always on our lives. You see, that that world needs to be, become very real to us. And the only way the, the promises and the reality of God becomes real to us It's not just by having the knowledge of it, it's by entering into it. It's by meditating on it, by thinking about it, by getting that word in us and beginning to speak that out. We bring the reality of the kingdom into our lives and it's a really powerful, it's a really powerful thing that happens. You know, I've been studying about the kingdom lately and one of the things that I find so interesting is how in this age or in in this age that the word of God says that the God of this age is... Satan. That means that he's he has an an influence here, but those of us that are of the kingdom of God are actually experiencing the powers of the age to come, and we're bringing that here, and we're able to connect with God. And in this generation, and in this age, if we will separate from it and come to God, we're able to experience kingdom power and bring that into our lives and bring it wherever we go. And you will be a light. To the nations you will be the salt of the earth if you're diligent to separate from all this darkness I don't mean just the sin I'm talking about all this other stuff I just mentioned and you connect to the light and the light of God and the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the powers of the age to come uh, will be flowing through your life in this age it's a mighty thing now I have to say I, there's one thing I've seen and I I was wondering whether I should mention it today because I don't really understand it very much, but I, I thought I probably should. You know, I've I've seen this something, it's like uh, blurry for a year and a half and then things clear up after after a year and a half. And I thought, well, I don't know what that refers to. I still don't know. So I, I keep it in my mind. I keep thinking about it, praying about it. I don't know if it's talking about America. I don't know if it's talking about the church world. Maybe it's, maybe it's everything. But I, I just wanted to encourage you, you know, what if things are to stay messed up, so to speak, for another extended period of time? Is that going, is, you know, are you going to be able to make it? How long is this going to happen before God's got his church where they want to be, where he wants them to be? I do believe God's using this current situation to bring his church where he wants his church to be. Uh, I just, I feel like God's not finished with that, but who knows what the next step's going to be. But uh, for your life and for my life, I hope we're all going forward. Now, one of the reasons why I'm encouraging you to be encouraged is because God is getting ready to step into history again. Sometimes it looks like God's not very involved. It looks like God's not doing anything. It looks like, hey, you know, God's not doing very much. In fact, in the church world, if you go around looking in the church world, I see God doing things for sure. But there's a sense and there's, there are many ways you could look at it where it looks like, man, it looks like God's not doing very much right now. I want to encourage you, God's doing a whole lot right now. Uh, Number one, His servants are praying night and day all around the earth. And number two, God is listening to these prayers that are being prayed. And number three, God is working behind the scenes and God's gonna show up. And when He shows up, you're going to see with your eyes what He has been planning and preparing us for, for years, and I would say even decades have been in the, God's been working to bring about what's getting ready to happen. Thinking about this reminded me of Christmas, when Jesus was born, and how that all came about. You know, Jesus was born in a time when nothing was happening. It looked like God wasn't very involved at all, and and out of the blue, so to speak, you know, boom, he shows up, Gabriel starts announcing a few things, tells Mary, hey, you're going to have the, the Savior. You know, you're going to give birth as a, as a virgin. You know, she believes, praise God for that. And But it just, it, it looked like it came out of the blue. It looked like God had not been involved, but God had been very involved the whole time. And the right time came when everything was right in the right place and the Son of God was born. Even when he's born and he's living in the earth, This is the Son of God, born of a virgin. He's walking among men. He's walking um, in his own family with his brothers and sisters. They don't even know who he is. They don't even recognize what God is doing right there in their midst. But God in their midst is maturing something, bringing it into place so that it can manifest at the right time. And that's exactly what's getting ready to happen. There's going to be a great explosion of the kingdom of God and a great explosion of the things of the Spirit. There's going to be a great demonstration of God's power in the earth. That doesn't mean there won't be warfare. That doesn't mean bad things won't happen. That doesn't mean there won't be opposition. That doesn't mean everything's going to be flowery in the church. Oh, it's just, oh, no problems anymore. No, it doesn't mean that at all. But what it does mean is the kingdom is going to be advancing and those that want it are going to have tremendous experiences with god and with deliverance and getting free the light is going to come on and those that want it are going to see clearly and they're going to run to the light and there are going to be many others that reject the light and they don't want it and they'll fight against it that's just what happens the warfare gets more clear but let me tell you i would rather be there i love that i love times of preparation because that's really where we grow close to the lord And God weeds out a lot of things in our lives in the decades, sometimes of preparation. He weeds out some immaturity. He weeds out pride. He weeds out wrong thinking. He does so many things in in that season of waiting. Look at Joseph. Look at David. I mean, they're individuals, but I believe God does that in a bigger context for his church at large where the next leaders are getting raised up right now. The next people that are going to be carrying the gospel are getting raised up right now. And the ones that are going to be coming in, uh, the setting is being set for them so that they're going to come into an environment where they're going to grow so quickly and they're going to grow quicker than the last generation did. They're going to be mentored more effectively than the last generation was. And they're going to be brought into maturity so much more rapidly and they're going to be able to go further than that where the last generation has gone so i'm looking forward to that i believe this is god god's getting ready to do something great but just let me encourage you that doesn't mean that it comes without warfare you remember when god called his people and said hey i'm going to do something so great i'm going to give you a great blessing and let's call it the promised land the land of promise well when it finally came time for it to happen Yes, they were excited about it, but when it dawned upon them that they were going to have to fight to make it happen, so many of them uh, were afraid and backed off. But that's not who we are. We are those that are of the Spirit of God. We don't back up. We are not those that are going to compromise. We are those who are going to go forward, and we're going to believe God. And when God moves, we're not going to pray less. We're actually going to pray more. You watch it. It'll happen. You might go, well. few people like to come to prayer meetings. One of the things that happens when God moves is the prayer meetings get filled up and people pray even harder and harder because somehow there's been a breakthrough in the heavenlies. Somehow God's moving and you can even feel that in the prayer meetings in a different dimension and everybody begins to come and people begin to get free even in the prayer meetings Uh, you know, it's an interesting thing when you're in a season and people don't want to miss prayer meeting, you know. Uh, in the, the hour we've been in, people find every excuse they can to not go to church or to ha- do have something else to do on Sunday. But the day will come when those people who are hungry for God, they won't ever want to miss church. They won't ever want to miss being able to get together at a prayer meeting or they'll just want to be with God all the time and be where where God is. Anyway, Jesus finally did come out, so to speak, as, hey, I'm the Savior you know, and uh, he didn't say it like that, but he was doing the miracles of the Savior. He was fulfilling the signs and anybody who was spiritual began to pick up on it. Peter, he was asked during this process, who do you think I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Now, why did Peter say that? And Jesus said, the only reason you know that is because you've heard that from God. And you see right now when God does what God is going to do, The only way you're going to be able to really tell that it's God is somehow you're connected with the voice of the Lord. You're connected with the Father. You see, when you're connected with the Father, as I was communicating earlier, you're going to be able to recognize what's going on and see something in it. Now, you know, Peter was still immature. He just said something stupid right after that, right? When, you know, he was, he was demonically inspired, right? So uh, we can be immature and young and yet hear God. That's the way we are. Don't think, oh, I got to be so mature before I start hearing from God. I've got to really know the Lord so much before I really start hearing from him. No, you grow in that. But even from the beginning, you start spending time from, with God. Watch, he's going to start speaking to you. Okay, so we do want to mention years ago, I heard the word transition. I've shared this with you before, but it, it, God's still speaking to me about it. I'm in this coffee shop and I hear this word transition. I heard it so loudly that I thought, God must be doing something right now. It was scary. It shook me on the inside. And I'm going, oh no, what's getting ready to happen? Well, it's been years since then, and nothing happened dramatic that way. But I do believe that what God told me when He said transition was He was communicating, we are in a transition. It's been years of transition and what god's been doing is he's he wants a new thing god wants to do a new thing and he's not as much in the old thing in fact the old thing is so dying away right now the old church system the old church ways you see that's so dying away right now and he's in a new place and that's where we're going to find the new move of god is on the path Of where he's taking us. I wish I could say, I know exactly where we're going. I don't know where we're going. I don't know how everything is going to end up in the church world or even in our church, but all I know is how to get there. Jesus is the path. You know, the disciples one time go, Hey, how are we going to get to heaven? How are we going to get there? We don't know. We can't figure out how to get there. He goes, I'm the way. Just come to me and watch. I'm going to lead you right there. It's through me, right? And life is that way. You know, God doesn't want to just tell you always what to do. He just says, stick close to me. You'll end up being there. Amen. That's the way it happens. So that's where we are. One of the keys right now is be, for every one of us, as well as ministers, is being willing to let go, being willing to let go. Maybe you could say to yourself right now, I need to be willing to let go. You know, you you can see this testimony many times in Scripture. Look at Abraham. When God called Abraham, God says, Abraham, come follow me. Leave your town, your city. Leave what you've been doing. Leave your family. Leave everything and come follow me. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Abraham could not have just said, well, I think I'll just stay here and I'll seek you here. See, so many people, they want life their way, and God will call them out of something, maybe some relationships that are pulling you down, maybe a way of life that's ungodly. And it could be many things. It could be simply that God's pulling you into a change of sorts, and you're needing to step out and go forward to where God is pulling you. You don't have to make this up. You know, it's not a necessarily always a mental decision, but there's a Holy Ghost pull that where he pulls us out of things and into new things. Now, if you start telling God, I'm not going to go forward, I would just tell you, you're not going to discover God and you're not going to discover what God has for you. Abraham could not have stayed in his hometown around his people keeping his same job and have discovered God because God says, come follow me. He had to be willing to let go of everything when God called him out of that, you see. And I just want to encourage you, you have to be willing to let go. I heard a, um, I shared with y'all last week about a minister I heard recently. He's sharing with a lot of pastors and um, with ministry leaders. He was talking to a lot. He 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 said, "I've met with a lot, a lot of uh, you know pastors over these huge mega churches, and and he says I've never seen such devastation, such despair. Uh, pastors just wanting to give up, uh, pastors wanting to throw in the towel, and he is encouraging them and saying." Uh, you're going to make it. God's getting ready to show up. Now, I want to say I absolutely believe that. And uh, he, said, he said when God moves in a huge way, he does it. You know, he allows it to get so dark before he does that. And that's true. That's so true. And I believe that too. See, I believe God is allowing the darkness because it just gets that way before he, he makes his greatest moves. God loves to get in a situation where it looks like he's not moving and everything's beyond hope, and then he does something. He He does that over and over. He loves to do that, and when he's going to do some of his greatest works, He it looks like that. But I wanted to add something to what this man was saying. He's like, be encouraged. God's going to show up. Everything's going to turn around. I wanted to add to those who are discouraged and say, another thing is, be willing to let go of everything you're holding on to because there is freedom in letting go and i believe this is a season of being willing to let go of patterns of things that have been holding you back And things where God is saying, let go, I've got something new for you. I'm bringing you into a new thing. I'm bringing you into a new place. It's a transition time, and we have to let go to be able to do what God wants us to do. So I encourage you today, let go of where God is not anymore. Maybe he was there, but he's not now. Let go of that. Don't try to rebuild that. Let go of what's hindering you in life. What's holding you back? What do you keep excusing, trying to say, well, it's really okay, but you know it's 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 uh, bringing you back, distracting you, getting you off course. You need to let go of that. It's an important season to let go of things like that. And you need to let go of what's keeping you from obeying the nudge of God to go forward into the next season maybe you don't know where the next season is or what it holds for you but if you let go then you're going to be able to start walking forward into the next season sometimes we want to know exactly where we're going before we let go of the past but god told abraham go and i will lead you And in the New Testament, it says Abraham left everything and followed God, not knowing where he was going. I think that is so powerful. He left not knowing where he's going. So you have to let go, but you've also got to go forward. You learn God and you grow in God in the walk. You don't grow in God in passivity. It's an act of walking with God. It's an act of being where God is. It's an act of seeking Him every day. That's how we grow with God. You have to go forward into what He calls you into. And you've got to know that that's where you're going to discover God. I believe as the church goes into the next thing that God's bringing us into, there's going to be a great explosion of the presence of God when we get there. If you remember, God had called Solomon to build the temple. And, you know, he's going by, you know, he goes, they, they do everything they're supposed to be doing. But when he finally gets it done, the, the glory of the Lord shows up in the temple. And I would say when we finally get on the course that God is pulling us on to, we're going to discover a greater presence of God there. Praise God. God lets things dry up. And, I, and I'll mention this briefly, but one of the reasons why things have been drying up around churches is because God wanted to move on from that. And if, if God's still moving in a great way, if the glory is still showing up, we will never move. We will never change. So sometimes God backs up. And what do we end up doing? We're going, huh? Oh. then we have to start seeking him afresh. And he loves that. We break out of our pattern. Now what are we we doing? We have a fresh need to seek God, to know where God is. You see, God doesn't want to give us the pattern completely at one time. He wants us to learn to seek Him every day. It's got to be a habit. It's got to be a way of life. It's got to become addictive. But God teaches us in the going forward. We know Him in the going forward as we're walking forward. Paul said this, it's in Philippians 3, if you want to look at that later. He said, I let go that I might go forward. And extrapolating that out, he goes, I let go of what was positive to me, what you know, what people thought of me, what I had, uh, this and that. I let go of anything that was anything to me that I might go forward and know him, and gain him, and walk and do what God's called me to do. All those things come together. You've got to let go to go forward. You have to let go. Paul said, I'm letting go of anything in the way. I'd consider anything in this world, even the most great thing you might consider, I'd just consider it like rubbish. So if I need to let go of it, it's nothing to me. I can let go of that. And I'm good because my goal isn't to hold on to those things. My goal is to gain Christ, to have more of God in me, to know Christ like I've never known him. And then he says, and then to do what I've been called to do. You see, there's a going forward in God and God is in the walk. God is in you going where he's called you to go, doing what, you know, he's called you to do. And that is a step by step process. So I say to you now, I believe this is of this hour come out from your past season, come out from things you've depended on and step out into the future, into the things that God has for you and to what he's pulling you into. That is where you're going to grow. That's where you're going to know God. That's where you're going to gain Christ. That's where you're going to find fulfillment in life. It's in him and it's in going forward. You're not going to learn God. You're not going to grow in God if you're passive in these things, and if you think you can just never change and everything always, is always going to be the same, you got to be willing to step out. Look at Abraham. God calls Abraham and he says, come out of that city and follow me. Now you remember, we already saw he wasn't going to grow if he if he stayed there and didn't let go, but also he would not have grown had he not gone forward. You have to go forward. I think it's neat too that Abraham, you know, he, what's he going forward doing? He doesn't exactly know. And uh, it's like, okay, he's looking for land. He's looking for the right land. Well, you know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, it says, really, he wasn't even looking for that. He was, it says he was looking for a heavenly home. He was looking for the eternal things. What's being said in this? Abraham is going through the journey. He's looking for the promises that God's giving him in this life. But it says, but what he's really seeking is the eternal. That really highlights a dilemma that we have. We have been called to things. God has us assigned to do things. We grow in that. But ultimately, ultimately, even though the assignment is very important and God's in it, the greater goal of all of that isn't necessarily the things down here. It's the connection with, the, with God. It's being one with him. And I just want to encourage all of you in that, you know, be willing to step out of where you are, let go of stuff. And even in what God brings you into and the blessings you are coming into, remember, that's not the end result either. He's the end thing. Amen. The blessings are just like he's in it. And it is great to be blessed. I love to be blessed. I love for promises to be fulfilled. But God's like, he's, he's even bigger than any of those promises. And, you know, another example, God calls Peter out of the boat. You know, he calls Peter out of the boat. He has to leave his comfort zone. He's got to leave what's protecting him, his security. And he's got to step out into the storm on the water. Now, that is representative of stepping out into a place of faith where only God can take care of you. That's exactly what God calls every single one of us to do in various seasons of life. You go, oh, if I only had this. Oh, if I only had that. I and mean, we'll, we'll start working on these things to, to get our life in order. And then God will go, okay, I want you to step out and let go of all of that. And you go, what? I want you to step out and just trust me. Whatever that means. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not asking anybody to be irresponsible. All I'm saying is whatever God is telling you to let go of. Uh, and, I, and I believe that there's a lot of that happening today. You know, the crazy thing is sometimes our minds can't see something. I was working with somebody the other day helping this person think through faith. Even though I'd say, you you know, you need to walk in faith and think this way and think that way, then he would say things showing that he didn't get it. And so I, I continued working, and later the light came on, and he was like, wow, I never saw it quite like that before, but now I see walking in faith is different than what I had thought I was doing. Now I, I recognize it's walking in faith is more than just trying to be positive. I mean it's way beyond that. It, it's 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 a trust and it's a and you have to work in it. Right. I, I'm bringing that up just to say, so many times messages come to us the very ones that need it tend to be dull. You know, I, it would be so great if we could all have a session with God and God could all. <laughs> Speak to us and correct us and go, No, you're not thinking right. And w- then we, we come up with our thoughts and, and our defenses and and God goes, No. You, you see, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I wish we all had that. But I'm just asking you today to be aware and ask and for you to ask God to show you where you have been ignoring Him, where you've become dull of hearing where you have certain habits and patterns that have caused you to get into a rut in life where you're stuck in a certain situation in life spiritually and you're not getting out. May God pop you out of that in this hour. God popped the church world out of its last season by force because I believe we would not have done it any other way. I believe God can do that to you too, but it's a lot better if you're willing to hear God speak to you. Anyway, I could give you a lot more examples. Egypt with the same thing, right? God calls people out. And uh, well, they were initially happy to leave Egypt. And then they were sad because Egypt was still on the inside of them. So there's a part where they've come out. They don't want to do those things. But then on the inside, they wanted to go back to them. I'm remembering a situation in discipleship a couple years back. When one of the guys there was sad. Uh, this just came to my mind. But we're like, hey, what's going on? And then um, it was unbelievable. He said he was sad because he missed something sinful so badly. He, I mean, I, I was blown away. And I'm going, wow, that's the craziest thing. He doesn't even realize how crazy that what he said sounded. Someone, someone in our group corrected him. And then we were outside at Starbucks and someone corrected this guy. And, and, uh, and a lady way back in the other corner said something like, Amen. You tell him. <laughs> I thought, "Oh no, she's been listening to the whole thing." <laughs> and who else has been hearing? Anyway, may God open up our eyes and our hearts to hear. May his nudge and his pull grow stronger and stronger. I just will mention a couple of other things. There's a due season coming. In fact, I would say that there's a due season That has already begun. What is due season? You remember the Bible says that you will reap what you have sown in due season. So don't give up. So many people have sown. They've sown finances. They've sown sacrificially by serving. They've sown and sown. God says you will reap in due season. And I believe what's happened is there is. A due season that has snuck up on us that has already begun. And I have seen, I mean, th- recently somebody was telling me a testimony of a financial blessing that was like over the top. I mean, very over the top. And I'm backing up and go, and this person is like amazed, recognizing as God. And then I back up and I'm going, This is the fifth one of these over-the-top things that I have just recently heard in our small church from people that happen to have told me. There's probably other things that are going on people haven't even told me, but I'm talking about way over the top. I'm not talking about "I I got a $100 check in the mail. I mean, I'm talking about things that are, I mean, if anybody hears them, you'll go, wow. Wow. I mean, five times I've I've seen them. So the the other day when this person was telling me, I'm going, again, this is crazy, right? And so I I said, wait a second. God's got, there's got to be something going on here. And so as I thought through it, I'm going, it's got to be a season of reaping. It's a blessing for that to happen to one person. But then they go, one, two, three, four, <laughs> five. I'm going, whoa, this is amazing. I believe it's a, the reason why is because it's a season of reaping. And as I was thinking about everyone, I'm going, wow, they're reaping because I know that they are big sowers. And I'm going, God, this is a season of reaping. Coming our way already here. And I want to encourage you what you have sown unto God from that do not be deceived. You are going to reap in due season. And I'll tell you, there is a due season here, and I am so excited about it. Now, what happens in due seasons? All right, as I mentioned, you reap what you've been sowing. Amen. You've been sowing through the Spirit, you're going to reap back from that. There's vindication happens in due season. Sometimes you've been wronged or something wrong has happened. You know what? Guess what? You go through times where you forgive. You give it over to the Lord. You do what's right. God lets us to walk through those seasons. But then the time comes when it's a season of God's vindication, a season of God standing up for you. You know, that happens in due season. How many times have people gone through injustices like Joseph? And guess what? A due season came and it came just like that. God answers certain prayers in due season. There are certain prayers you won't pray today and get them answered tomorrow because they are time sensitive. You're praying them and God is going to answer them in a certain time for some reason. That happens with certain prayers. And I would say, even certain promises that God has given us, their time sensitive. But there's a due season. And you know what? Sometimes God just loves to do everything all at one time. Everything is like, it looks like nothing, looks like nothing, looks like nothing, and then boom. And you know what I believe is getting ready to happen? I believe there's going to be a great reaping for what's been sown. I believe there's going to be a great time of vindication, you know, where God's vindicating Uh, those who have served him and, and done right and been wronged in life. I believe that there's going to be a great time of God answering prayers that people have been believing for for a long time. Like Zacharias, hopefully you have not been giving up on your prayers. And God's going to fulfill promises that he's given from a long time ago. And a lot of these are actually going to be connected. The fulfilling of the promise is also going to be a result of you sowing and reaping. You see what I'm saying? They're all connected. I just believe it's going to be an amazing season. But again, I want to keep saying, don't think that means it's just, you know, no battles whatsoever. But I tell you what, I'd much rather be battling going forward. I would much rather be Joseph being out of that prison, working with Pharaoh and whatever had he had to deal with with that than having to to be in that jail cell. But remember, that jail cell is important because that's where you learn to draw close to God. That's where you get humbled, and that's where you get prepared to be promoted. Amen? And there's a lot of you, you have been prepared to be promoted. You have been through things, and God has taken you through things, and you have developed and matured, and you've not given up, and you're still walking with God. Let me tell you something. God is not mocked. You're going to be rewarded. You're going to be blessed back for everything you've done for the sake of following the Lord. Nothing has been forgotten. Now, in Joel 2, you all remember that scripture where it says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I was thinking about this the other day and I was remembering the verse actually says this earlier. He goes, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, all different kinds of locusts, the great army, and now you can eat in plenty and be satisfied. Then he says, and it shall come to pass afterward. I thought, wow, you know, that's neat. Sometimes God brings refreshing and blessing in a natural way as a predecessor to the spiritual blessings that are getting ready to come our way. And I absolutely believe that. I believe the little signs of these blessings that are beginning to pop up. I believe they're just an indication of the greater blessings that are on our way. You see, it starts to rain. It starts to sprinkle. These these natural blessings, they're nice. It's nice, right? When you hadn't been rained on in a long time, it starts to rain, right? But when, by the time when the Holy Spirit is poured out, it's like being in a flood of blessings. That's what I'm looking forward to. One last thing I'll share about the season to come, I believe in this season to come, there's going to be a divine calling people to God. There are going to be a lot of people come to the Lord, and when they come, it's going to be radical. They're not going to be holding on to their lives. They're going to be like, God, whatever you want. They're going to put this last generation of how we lived. that's going to put that to shame. I I see a, a generation coming to God that's going to be so radical. They're going to make all of heaven cheer. Heaven cheers when we get saved, when a sinner turns to God. But I believe heaven cheers when there's a radical commitment to the Lord. And you remember Stephen? When Stephen was there and he stood up and he was being stoned and he kept honoring Jesus? You remember it says Jesus stood for Stephen. I, I'm telling you, there's going to be a generation where God stands and a and just is excited <laughs> for what they're doing because they're going to be serving God with all their hearts. And I believe that there's a a generation that also in the last season of time, they would be called the lukewarm, the backslidden, the compromisers. I believe even now it's already happened where God has been putting his finger on that generation of backsliders and he's drawing them to him. Uh, These are those that just haven't followed God fully and they kept things in this life as too much of an Emphasis for their life, you know they they might say they love the Lord, but they're not living for Him they've resisted God, they've resisted submitting to God, they've resisted going forward. Now, I just want to say this about those individuals, and maybe there's some of you here with us today, and God loves you, and God's been pulling on you, and He wants you to go forward, but you've got to recognize that God won't strive with you forever. This is a really crucial time for you. Don't take the grace of God in vain. Don't take that pull of God that you're feeling already to let go and to give God everything. Don't just play around with that. This is really serious business. This is God trying to help you out of where you have been to get you right with God. You know, I see people sometimes dealing with that, dealing with that, and they won't let go. You remember that rich young ruler? He comes up to God, oh, what do I have to do to be saved? God knows exactly what he needs to let go of. And he says, give everything away and then come follow me. Oh, and you're going to have life eternal and it's going to be amazing. And the guy walks away sad, holding on to his stuff. You see, there are too many people. You know what to do, but you're still holding on to your life and you're still miserable like that rich young ruler. It says he turned away. He held on to his stuff, but he's still miserable. How many people walk away with all their stuff and that's the very stuff that's making them miserable? This is the hour. You better listen to God and you better let go of that stuff so that you can be free. You know, the word of God says God chastens the ones he loves. You know what that means? You know, we could look at it like God spanks. Now, I've had children, some of them a little bit more... more uh, strong-headed than others you know you know i have one you could almost look at wrong you know too hard and make them cry and the others you know you have to spank them a little bit right and have to do it often um because they're just a strong will right and i would just say god will up his level of chastening because he loves his children and he loves those that have turned away from him and aren't really following him it breaks God's heart, so to speak, and he's willing to chasten. Why? That people might come back to know him. And I want to just say, if you are one of those who've been ignoring God, you've been telling God no, you know God is calling you forward, but you have been putting it off and think it's okay to put off. Maybe you've been excusing, well, I don't serve God because I've had some bad experiences. Oh, I've been around some bad churches and some bad ministers and some bad christians and oh they're a bunch of hypocrites but what about you god's asking you what about you what are you doing with your life you see this is a very very important hour and god will chasten. and i believe that the intensity and the importance of the hour is so strong that it's going to be greater misery for those who keep rejecting god and they know that they're that god's got their number. Paul said something. He did something two times that seems so unusual. You know, in first Corinthians, he's telling this church, Hey, this guy's not living right. He won't get his life right. You know what I want y'all to do? I want you to deliver that guy to Satan. What? That, I mean, could you imagine that ever happening in any church? Could you imagine me coming into church one day? Hey guys, so-and-so, he's just not been living right. He keeps he's and he doesn't really even want to change. He's not trying this morning. We're just going to give him to Satan this morning. All right. I want you to join me. We're going to give that. And, uh, you know, you'd probably be shocked. Right. You'd probably look around and go, what is going on? And if you've not been living right after our prayer, you probably say, hey, hey, don't let him know, you know what I've been doing. But Paul said, deliver him over to Satan. Why? for the the destruction of his flesh, that he might be saved, that his soul, his spirit might be saved. So what he's saying is, let him go through some awful hard times in some way in hopes of them waking up and turning back to God. That is a scary thing. But he did that in the Lord, meaning that's the kind of thing God would do. If, it, if he has to, that somebody might come to God. Paul's talking in, to Timothy one time, and he's talking about two people, which I could hardly pronounce the names even if I had it in front of me. Hymenius and Arfilio or whatever. Arfilio sounds like he'd be from Mexico, doesn't he? That, that was not Arfilio, okay. Huh? Oh, she says that sounds like somebody from Argentina. Oh, my wife said that. I've never heard of anybody named Arfilio, so it just... I'm just trying to remember the guy's name in the scripture, all right? But anyway, Paul says, look, concerning those two people, I have delivered them over to Satan so that they might learn a lesson, so that they might wake up, so that they might turn around. And I just want to say, you know what? If you've not been walking with God, you've been going the wrong direction, you've been turning in the wrong direction, now is the hour. You better pay attention to that voice. You better pay attention to that voice. You better not ignore God anymore. You, you better wake up. And uh, and you know what? I hate whatever happens and uh, what people go through. I hate to see people and I believe God does too. I hate it with my, I couldn't stand to discipline my children. Why did I do it? I did it because I loved them. I didn't want them to grow up with bad attitudes. I didn't want them to grow up without having been matured in life and, and grow up childish. I see a lot of grown-ups that should have gotten some spankings when they were little so that they could have some of those attitudes dealt with when they were little, right? But anyway, I loved them, and that's why I spanked them when, when I felt like I had to, even though I hated to do that. And I believe God hates to do that, that kind of thing, but let me just say God loves you too much to not do it because He, can, he cares about your future. Wake up. Quit playing around with God if that's you. It's time to get your life right with God. I just will mention the last category of people is those that have been serving God. You've been in church. Wherever you are in church, wherever you are with God, God's getting ready to call you to another level of something in Him. And it's going to be such that if you don't go forward, you're going to go backwards. So don't sit back on where you are going, oh, you know, I'm living right, you know. No, if you don't go forward right now and what's coming, you're going to go backward. Nobody wants to go backward. We want to go forward. I believe every one of us is going forward in this hour. And when the Spirit of the Lord comes, everything that God's planted in us, it's just going to pop up and grow and blossom. I believe it's going to be an amazing season. Is it in the next 12 months? I don't know. Like I said, some things have already started. When are the spiritual things going to come? That's what I'm excited about. I don't know. I believe they're right around the corner, but I don't know. But i tell you what, whether those, the spiritual outpouring, again, let me just say too, I'm, I've seen that too. I've seen some people get on fire for God in a way I haven't seen for a se- for some seasons. And I know it's God changing things. I know God's pouring out. I know people have been praying. The Holy Spirit's being released. Strongholds are starting to resist and come down. And there's a lot more work to be doing on that. I've been showing you how to pray about that. I hope you continue to pray because that's part of the whole process of get of what's getting ready to happen. You remember going back to the Christmas story, Nothing. nobody knows what's going on, but you see Anna and Simeon, They know what's going on. And who are they? They are the prayer warriors. You see, right now, prayer is so key to bringing in this next season. Stay connected to God. Keep praying like I've been showing you and teach, you know, how to pray over the last few months. Keep uh, trusting God praying that the kingdom of God expand, that strongholds that have been resisting in this nation and bringing darkness will be brought down and that the kingdom of God would just have a tremendous season of increase in our lives and in this nation. It's an amazing season we're getting into. If it ends up being difficult for a year and a half more, who cares? You understand what I'm saying? Because God's with us and there's going to be great blessings coming our way. And I believe that's what God's got in store for us. Well, Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for the season that we're in. I thank you for the blessings. I thank you. I believe this is a time of reaping. It's a time of promises being beginning to be fulfilled. It's a time of you bringing us into the call of God and, and uh, what you had said in seasons past. And, uh, Lord, we just rejoice in that. We look forward, God, to these things coming to pass in our lives. So, Lord, we want to just commit um, 2021 to you. Father, we are willing to let go of whatever. Um, But, God, we don't want to treasure anything as more important than walking with you, than knowing you. Help us, Father, to, 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 to be in that place of trust where we know you're going to take care of us. Help us, God, and for those, Lord, who've been holding on to the last season. Let this be the season and the time when, by the grace of God, they will let go and say, God, I'm I'm just going to let go and trust you now. I'm going to let go and trust you, and I'm going to come to you, God, with all of my heart. If you're here this morning listening and you realize that's you, you know, the temptation is going to be, you know, just walk on off and, you know, do do what you want to do, you know, whatever. I just want to just tell you today, don't put this off. Right now, I'm asking you to make a decision and have a talk with God. You make a decision, connect with God and tell him your heart and confess where you have denied him. Confess where you've not obeyed him. You've not followed through with what you should have been doing for the Lord. Confess that to him and be honest about it. You know, maybe it's going to take you all afternoon. Maybe you need to go spend a few hours with God. But you deal with that today. Deal with that and get ready to go forward with God.